eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. David Eichel, Sean Bach, HawkeyeInsider.com, uh, instant reaction swarmcast for, you know, the, the announcement on Monday that has kind of set Hawkeye Twitter and our message board into a frenzy. Insert the SpongeBob gif of all of them running everywhere and everything on fire. Very interesting timing on this, Sean, because this entire thing, it was supposed to come out Friday and then that got delayed till Monday. So it wasn't anything pressing but it wasn't exactly a Friday news dump. Uh, but Brian Ferentz is officially going to stay at Iowa for the 2023 season. I know we've been speculating all offseason that, you know, he might take an NFL gig. And while that was realistically in the cards for a while, Iowa's not only betting on themselves, doubling down, they're triple, they're tripling down. But with Brian Ferentz's amendments, let's just go through the very basic generic version of this, right? Includes salary of $850,000, which took in effect on February 1st. Now that's $50,000 less than he received this past season. But there's designated performance objectives for the season that include an average of at least 25 points per game and a minimum of seven wins. Now the seven wins includes the bowl game as well. If the objectives are met, the contract will return to the prior two-year rolling agreement along with a one-year lump sum bonus and base salary adjustment. If the performance objectives are not hit, Sean, uh, the contract would be terminated next summer, but he could always sign another one as well. So very short kind of amendment, Sean, but a lot to dive into. So I'll, I'll, the floor is yours. Let, let's, let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where I kind of read it and I was like, okay, like this makes sense. Like I totally understand it. And then you read the further details that they gave us in the attachment, which is something that I thought was really interesting. And it's almost like, okay, we know, like it's obvious that the offense was a problem this year. Obviously there's more than the coaching that goes into it. But, you know, and they said, it. hey, like now it's either obviously the put up or shut up thing, as we talked about in the last podcast. And I think it's a good thing that they're putting it in writing. But 
I think one of the things that doesn't make a whole lot of sense is, you know, how, like, can you totally, like, enforce this bar? I mean, yes, it's in the contract, but say, what if, like, Iowa averages, like, 10, 7 defensive, like, special teams points per game? And I think that's something that has to be, that maybe could have been addressed. Maybe say, hey, you know, 21 offensive points per game something along those lines, it just doesn't, it doesn't make a whole, whole lot of sense to me um, in that way. But I think when you look at this contract, look at this amendment, I think Iowa felt like they were making a point being like, okay, like we did, we understand if this, if this doesn't work, you know, then we're going to look at other options. And they mentioned that when they said, you know, if they don't meet the qualifications, they'll terminate the contract. But if it does work, then, you know, we'll give them two more years. And I think that is something that, you know, I think they did good on it. But I understand why people are questioning, you know, the numbers that they did. And obviously, Kirk gave that stat the other day or, you know, last week when they're 55 and three, when they, you know, post a certain amount of points. And, you know, I, I think that's valid to follow that. I didn't think that they would use it to that degree. Um which I thought was pretty interesting that, you know, it was in that contract too. Maybe it was a little bit of foreshadowing, but it just, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I get why people are frustrated, but I also think Iowa did good on it having a backbone, but I totally understand why, you know, there would be frustration about the certain numbers that were present. And, you know, it, it just does set a low bar. It really does set a low bar. Seven wins. I mean, and that's including both season, am I correct? Yeah, it is, and that's really, really bad. I mean, especially like you said, I think you summed up best when you said, yeah, Kirk was very proud of that eight-win stat. Well, was it one of five schools since the 2016-2015 season that they won at least eight or more games in that? <clears throat> Obviously, 2020 excluded when Iowa went six and two, but with that team, Sean, you were here, they would have won eight games had it been formal, a normal season. I mean, that, that team was rolling, especially in the final six games of the year. But you can't do that and then say, but I just want to make sure a state perfectly clear. Eight wins is not the goal. It's, it's not the goal. And then in the performance objective, Sean, it's seven wins. That, that, the, to me, that's just saying Iowa fans are idiots. And I think a lot of people are so frustrated about it because Iowa Twitter is very passionate about their about their athletic programs that's been very made abundantly clear but the rest of the country at times especially rivals that have won national titles and stuff sean have jabbed at them saying iowa where's where you go to strive for mediocrity you know where mediocrity it's okay and iowa fans always push back on it but with these objective performance based in objective sean it kind of reinforces the point about people that are actually saying that to iowa and obviously, Iowa's not doing that. Like, they don't strive for that. But this gives them more ammo. And let's look at the stats here, right? Uh, we mentioned the, the seven wins. We mentioned the the offensive numbers, right? Let's take a look at last year. There were 85 teams in Division One that averaged at least 25 points per game. I believe 82 teams qualified for the bowl games and 64 teams won at least seven games, including the bowl season, while scoring at least 25 points per game. 
that's barely in the top 50% of overall division one, like for a program that has elite defense, elite special teams. And again, is one of five programs since 2015, win eight or more games every year. That's just really setting up to kind of give Brian Ferentz a pass here. I just don't think the goals were high enough. I think the 25 points per game should have been offensive points. You can include field goals, obviously, but with as much as Iowa's defense and special team scores, Sean, it, it really does set a low bar to me. And I think Iowa fans have a right to be pretty frustrated about it. Yeah, it sets a low bar. And, you know, I think Iowa is going to put up more points this year, and especially with Kay McNamara there. And then, then with the offensive line improvement, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a big step in the right direction. But just I feel like setting that precedent – and making it public. Well, I understand like why they would make all that public because, you know, if someone were to find out that, you know, Iowa did this under wraps then imagine that whole Fran McCaffrey situation from a couple years ago where they quietly gave him a extension or what is extension yeah. and more money. And that blew up in Iowa's face when, you know, the contract was obtained. And now you're looking at this situation, obviously, you know, I just think the precedent is really odd, you know, that they're setting it at a certain amount. Maybe there's more to the story that we don't understand. And, you know, there's a certain reason behind it. I mean, obviously Kirk's stat that he gave out the other day, you know, makes a lot of sense now, but you know, the way that, that it's not offensive points, I think is something and, you know, how obtainable is it? I think this offense is going to take a, a step forward. But are they averaging 25 points per game? I, I don't know. Like, you know, how, how are they going to measure it? Obviously, yeah, you play against Utah State. Um, exactly. And you're going to put up points in that game. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I mean, are they? <laughs> Because and the only reason why I'm bringing it up, Sean, is because you look at Iowa, they want to average 25 points. Remember how bad Nevada was this past year? And they gave up, what, 56 points in Carnet Word? Iowa put up 27 points against Nevada. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I I don't know. It's a uh it's a it's a weird, it's a weird dynamic that I never really felt, you know. I think the one thing that they did good on it, though, is like, hey, if this doesn't happen, like the contract is terminated. Now, what does that fully mean? I don't know. Like, yeah. But it's just a very, it's just a very odd thing that, you know, doesn't, doesn't make, like, this is going to be a talking point the entire, like, it's, it was already going to be a talking point. If Brian was going to say, you know, what, what happens, but, you know, this just like puts so much on the line with every game. Like if you're up 35 points, you know, I was, <laughs> I had Scott Dotsman just put off a funny tweet saying that victory formation has officially yeah. been taken out of the playbook. <laughs> um, but on a serious note, like what precedent does that set? Like, 
Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You know, how, if you, going into the mind of a player, you know, what, what precedent does that set for you? I mean, I guess you don't think about it, but it's something that's all that's gonna be brought up. Like, yeah, absolutely. you know, you, you, I get it. Like, you know, you, the objective is to win football games, and to do that, you have to have good. You have to have. I mean, Iowa proved that this year. You didn't have to have great off good offense, but you know, you have to be efficient. You have to put points on the board, and I get it. Like the objective of a game is to win, and you know that's that's great, and that's what is you know that's why games are played, but. You know, it, I just feel like it's weird setting it at that amount. It's and yeah, yep. I don't know. Like, I'm I'm not trained enough in this stuff to like really fully understand why. I think it sets it's, a precedent. It sets a precedent. It, yeah. it sets a mark that fans can be like, okay, this is what we expect. But what is it really expecting? The other thing, too, is and I brush stroked it last week when we talked about this, Sean, but why is there so much more pressure on Phil Parker and LeVar Woods to do their jobs than, than Brian? And that's where the dynamic, I don't think it's like this anywhere else in the country. And this is obviously, you know how much I hate hypotheticals, but this one kept coming back to me. And it's something I want to present to you because I have my opinion on it. If Phil Parker and LeVar Woods were top 30 coordinators and not top five coordinators, and Brian's offense stays where it's at. Does Brian still have a job right now? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, Iowa doesn't Iowa doesn't win six games this year if they don't have the defense or even that level of defense or special teams. They don't win, they don't make it to a bowl game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And that's where the whole dynamic is so messed up in my head because look, I, I hate I hate seeing here acting like I'm in charge of, you know, making these decisions. But the one thing I've always come back to and the thing that has infuriated Iowa fans that we've heard from specifically is what's the reason why Brian still is employed. And, and, and it's something that, you know, the media members have asked Kirk about multiple times last week, just say, Hey, what does he do that we're not seeing? 
and he kept lumping the coordinators together. He kept kind of dodging and deflecting. And I think that's what makes fans feel like Kirk and the athletics department and everybody else, they don't think highly of them. And that, you know, and I think that's what really infuriates them. And the other thing, Sean, that I don't want to see, and I don't think any Iowa fan wants to see, obviously if they improve the offense, all is going to be well and good. People are going to be happy. They're winning games, right? That ultimately that is the goal. That's what they want to do. They want to go back to the Big Ten championship. Cade McNamara has been very public. They want to do everything he can to put Iowa back in the Big Ten title. But if they put up 40-plus points against Western Michigan, against Utah State, like I don't want to see Huffin and Puffin or people championing like, oh, this is why Brian came back or whatever. Like it, that That's not the point of this. And – Again, I don't think specifically right now that they're not going to be able to use personnel as an excuse. And I and I said last week, and I've told you, Sean, again, they had a lot of validity behind that. And I completely – especially on the offensive line. Like there are certain things George Barnett cannot control. I never bought stock into people that didn't want him to come back. I thought it was ludicrous just considering the situation he was thrown in and he's recruited at a high level and he's respected behind the scenes. The pressure is going to be on the offensive line to improve, but Caleb Johnson's going to take a big step forward. I think they need to land another, you know, a wide receiver out of the portal. And it, it was put up or shut up time last year, but this is like what trajectory is the program going to go in? It's not put up or shut up. It's like this season is going to dictate a lot about the future of Iowa football. Because again, after this year, Sean, the divisions go away. If Iowa wants to win a big 10 title, this is the most likely year in the next few years, in my opinion, just given how the Big Ten conferences get changed as a whole. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. And, you know, what you said makes a lot of sense. And, yeah, I mean, I think this is the year they can do it. I mean, Wisconsin, I think, will be good. They're going to have got, you know, it's going to be a different team. and We'll see how they kind of mesh. Illinois will be solid, though they lose a couple key pieces. I think quarterback's a big question for them, even though they got Luke Altmaier from uh, Ole Miss. Nebraska will probably be a similar Nebraska team as they were last year. Minnesota, I think, will be okay. Um, Northwestern, I think, will be better. But, you know, it's just like – it just sets a weird, a weird mark going into the season. Like, this is going to be the storyline that – I mean, it already was a storyline that enters the year. But this is going to be the talk of the entire season. And, you know, how do you measure success? I mean, obviously you measure success winning games. If Iowa wins nine games, I think a lot of people are happy. I think if they win eight games, it's it's crazy the difference between eight and nine wins. Now I think you got to set it at okay, Big Ten championship if you make it there or not. Big, I think it's Big Ten West or not Big Ten West. And a lot of people thought we were crazy for saying that last year, but I mean, look at the numbers. If the offense was there, like we were expecting it to be, that team would have been in Indianapolis. No question. And no question. And they were almost a Cooper DeGene injury away from being there. Yeah. No, I agree and. You know, I think this year is the same expectation. And I think wins obviously are going to go a long way with that. I mean, they will go the whole way with that. And I think offensive success, I don't know how good the defense is going to be this year. I think they'll be good. I mean, I know they'll be good. I don't think they'll be as elite. You know, if they get a guy like Nick Jackson at the middle linebacker spot, that would be huge. 
and I think could be a big help. I think the defensive line is going to be deeper. I think the secondary overall, you know, is younger, but I think it's going to be pretty talented. And yep. then middle linebacker units, a big question mark, or just the linebacker in general. If they get Jackson, I feel better about it. But, you know, it's just like I, – I think the offense – I. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Brian's back for another season. I think this offense can average more. I think the offense can average more than they did last year. But I just see it being very close. I think it's going to be more efficient. It's not going to – I don't know how explosive it's going to be. But I I think it'll be be more efficient, I think, especially with an offensive line. But it's like what happens if – you know, those injuries come up again. God forbid that happens. But, you know, do you set another? Like, what if, what if, like, just, you know, there's, there's, I mean, it was like in the contract. There's so many what ifs yeah. to this entire situation that watching it unfold is going to be, I mean, we're going to have a, no doubt in my mind, we're going to have a tracker on our message board, you know, updating it every game, what the, what the average points per game is. And it's going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of content you know, throughout the year and national pundits are obviously going to, you know, adore it. But on a serious note, it's like, yeah, what, what expectations or what expectations are you setting for this offense? And, you know, do you see Brian coming back for another year after this? Uh, Sean, I can tell you this, you talk about the point tractor. I was already told by somebody that uh, Brian Ferentz point tracker.com has been registered no already way. i yeah i don't think there's a site set up yet but i was told that that's been so i mean this is going to be a huge talking point throughout the year and i almost feel bad for this team because maybe it changes when the fall summer and fall come around sean but the focus of this team right now it's not on the team it's on brian ferentz right and that kind of from a media perspective that sucks like there's gonna be a lot of really really cool stories there's gonna be fun games like i hope people don't ignore the season just solely because of Brian, if that makes sense, because there'll be a lot of cool stories, a lot of really talented players and guys that, you know, might have to make a legitimate NFL decision to leave early or not. So, I mean, are they going to focus on Brian or are they going to focus on the guys that are, you know, in the black and gold that might end up leaving the NFL early. And then right before they know it, they're gone. So it'll be, no doubt it's going to be very interesting. The scheme's not going to be overhauled, but you bring in two transfers on the offensive line. There's a lot of optimism that Logan Jones can take a big jump. I'm on board with that as well. I think he has a chance to really, really make a big jump. If the offensive line's there, if Caden McNamara is 100% healthy, you have Caleb Johnson, you have a great tight end duo. It's going to be about the development of the wide receivers. And if Iowa's going to take some shots downfield a time or two, and if they're going to go back to utilizing the play action, so I think fans, even with Brian's return, I still think there are reasons to be excited about what they can do. And as frustrated as they are that Brian is coming back, I've always said you have to differentiate Brian coming back and how Iowa's utilized the portal. There's still a lot of good things Kirk and them have done this offseason so far that should lead to some optimism. It shouldn't all be about the Brian decision. They've done some good things. and I think people need to understand how to separate those things. Yeah, but it's only going to be about the Brian, the Brian situation. Yep. That's yep. literally all it's going to be about. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll get an explanation about it at some point. 
Um, I don't know when the next media availability will be or, you know, if there's a sort of a statement that's released about it. But, yeah, no, I'm I'm interested to hear more on it. And I'm interested to hear, you know, in the next couple of weeks how people kind of feel about it. And like you said, you know, things, you know, sh- they show up in Big Ten games and, you know, they're averaging more than 25 points per game and, you know, comfortably, then, I mean, I don't think they'll do it comfortably. I think it'll be pretty close, but – you know, it all this goes away. And I think the personnel is there to have a successful year. But, you know, yeah. it's just like it just sets an odd precedent that, you know, it's something that, you know, I've never really seen. I mean, I know it's happened before, but that's more so incentives to, you know, get a raise, not incentives to potentially be fired. Yeah, I'm with you on At that. Least public and ones, too. I let me tell you this. The thing I'm definitely going to do is I'm going to go reach out to Gary just to try to get some clarity on if it's 25 points per game as a whole or if there's a certain mark that the offense has to hit. Uh, I, I know it's a small discrepancy, but it's been a lot of – obviously that was something that stuck out to me when I first read the amendments, as it did to several others. So if I get a chance to get clarified with Gary, I'm going to be able to do that. So, Sean, I know we could keep talking about this for hours, but – we already know that we're going to be talking about this for a lot of the off season. So I think I'll spare you and I, and we'll, <laughs> we'll cut it. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about the basketball team here in the near future. Iowa, obviously starting to get back going a very odd team this year. I really don't know how much more we know now than we did in November seven. zero against the teams that are better than 500 in the conference. Oh, and five against teams in conference that are 500 or worse. Maybe it says that well for the NCAA tournament. Maybe it doesn't, but still definitely an odd team. But it's good to see different pieces step up. So, David Eichel, Sean Bach, follow us on Twitter at David Eichel at SBach247 and stay locked in to HawkeyeInsider.com for the latest. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.